0: Hello everyone. I am so excited about this podcast. This was so fun. We probably could have talked for hours. I mean, it just it was so fun. It was great. Um and I'm just I'm just so happy to be able to give you all of the podcast i really didn't do much editing in this and i did that on purpose because i really think james helton's personality really comes out and you guys really get to know him and Feel his energy and just kind of like put yourself in his shoes. It's really awesome. I loved it. I loved every second of it. So I just spilled the beans on who our podcast is. Our podcast guest is James Helton. He is the creative design ambassador for Kune, and if you haven't checked out Kune, you guys definitely need to do that. It is an amazing product line. We carry it at Lords and Ladies in all seven of our locations. It really is awesome. I love using it. I actually use it pretty much every day. Um, Definitely one of my favorites, the Hairspray and the mousse and the Root Booster are all my favorites, so definitely check those out. Again, guys, you're going to love this. There is a ton of value in here, and yes, it is one of my longer podcasts, but again, you guys are really going to get to know him and really grab some juicy pieces that you can use in your everyday career and your everyday life listening.
1: Awesome. Well, it's great. I mean, it's, it's truly, you know, an honor to be asked to be on this by you. Um, this, I don't do podcasts very often. Um, not because I don't want to, because, you know, I just don't have a lot of opportunity to do that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's great to be on. Um, I love, you know, I love the fact that you are doing this podcast, you know, yeah. um, I think that, you know, I was going to save this for later, but it does seem to be kind of working its way, that direction anyway, um, you know, the hair business is a weird place mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we are in a position where we are considered service providers, yep. right? which is oftentimes confused with another serve word, um, you know, servant. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as you well know, as most anybody knows from over the course of history, the most, the first person to be abused by those wanting service is usually the people providing the service, right? Yes. So that's that's one side of that. While on the other side of that, we are in a position, again, to basically be in the level of attorney and physician levels of income. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's really nice. And I say all of that to say that it's really nice that you're doing this type of podcast to draw attention to how you can do things in the hair industry, how the hair industry can, you know, basically be not just a get by occupation, like it's an elevating occupation. It's an occupation that lifts people up. There's a large sector of our, our hair society, so to speak, that could step up a step and see that the view from up there is is really nice, right? Mm-hmm. Elevate themselves a little bit. Yeah. But I think there is equally as large a sector of our hair society that could, um, and I'll say this very gently, um, come down off the cross a bit. Yeah. In, in that you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to, yeah. you know, frame your existence in the hair business as sacrificial right you know in this time of the year this this time of the year is where I really can get a little loud about this sort of thing because um for me busy is just busy is just busy right right Mm -hmm. either you're busy or you're not busy Mm -hmm. um there is no reason that anyone in our industry should be killing themselves during this time of the year. Yeah. No, there's absolutely no reason. Um, And you can come up with all the excuses that you want, but the fact of the matter is there's only, no matter how many hairdressers you have in a salon or a salon group, Right? Yep. There's only one of you. Mm-hmm. There's only one. You can only do so many podcasts at a time. I can only be on so many podcasts at a time. And that just filters down to clients and hours of the day and days of the week and months of the year. Right?
2: Absolutely. So,
1: so why are you, this would be my question, why are you as a hairdresser of that particular sector of our hair society? Mm-hmm. so willing to sacrifice yourself for that.
0: Mm. that is good.
1: You know what I mean? I mean that yeah. that I really really spent a lot of time on this this morning. What
0: got you from out of school to like I know this is a journey, right? So what got you from out of school? I need to build a book? Right. to the spot the sweet spot that you're in right now <laughs> and like i love this this conversation because what's happening is the ticket prices and the outcomes you know what what the clients are asking for involves so much more than we've ever done before so i feel oh like my God. Yeah. that has changed too so so let's dive into that also you know coming out of school and that
1: like up until now you know coming out of school I think I think the first salon I worked in this is Oklahoma so I mean keep in mind this is the middle of the United States it's not an east coast economy it's not a west coast economy it's not even an upper midwest economy it's it is what it is right I
0: like Um, that I love that
1: the first the first salon I worked at um the, I knew the owner's son from a previous or I knew the owner's nephew from a previous job right so I went to work because in this salon because of that and she was a shampoo sentley, and like literally and I was again thinking about this this morning I would literally watch her roll up set under the dryer roll up, set under the dryer, take out from under the dryer the first person, comb them out, send them out the door, take the other person out from under the dryer, comb them out, send them out the door. The next person of the day would be a haircut, perm, and shampoo and set. So she would cut and roll up and process that person. While that person was processing, she would roll up her next person.
2: Mm.
1: While that person was drying, she would rinse and neutralize and then roll up that person. And it mm. was just, I mean, it was mind-boggling. The, the, the logistics of the thing was baffling <laughs> because it was, it, she was like a machine. And yeah. I think she was charging $15 for a shampoo set back then. Oh, wow. And I was charging, you know, I was charging about straight out of school. I was charging about $20 for a haircut, for a woman's haircut.
2: Wow. And,
1: um she was like, you'll never make any money if you don't do this. Ah. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. I can tell you right now. So in and when I started school in 89, 1989, um, I think I, I mean I paid a relatively exuberant price for beauty school at the time, which was around six or seven thousand dollars.
2: That's incredible. All right.
1: I mean, that was a, a relatively exuberant amount of money.
2: All yeah, right. I get it. Um, yeah.
1: And I was like, I did not pay seven grand and go 1,500 hours to school to roll up and comb out hair. Yeah. Eight hours a day for mm-hmm. 15 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. And I was, it just wasn't, to me, it just wasn't what... I, I felt like I was supposed to be doing
2: mm-hmm. now the
1: irony of that is the irony of that is in 2022 It or I really make a part of my programs about brush placement Wow you know what I mean yeah. and and how you achieve you know the look you want to achieve right. you always have to remember you know blush brush placement. And that goes back to a roller placement and that yeah. goes back to shampoo yep. set and you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, that was that first part of that journey. Um, what, I mean, there was there was several, you know the road kind of meanders through that for a little bit. Um, I, went, I went, I started out in the uh, independent end of the industry, you know, renting a chair Okay. I felt miser—I felt miserably at that. Um, I mm-hmm. think a lot due to youth, um, expect unrealistic expectations, you know that kind of thing.
2: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Then I went to work in corporate hair for a while. Okay. Um, and that, you know, I would never—I never will begrudge anybody that works in that type of industry, whether it's, you know, whether it's for a. M- a a huge salon group or whether it is um, a a large corporate chain or whether it is a budget chain, you know what I mean? I will never begrudge anybody for that. And this is the reason why, especially, you know, large corporate chains, budget chains, that sort of thing. It allowed me to have one thing that I was missing. Mm. And that was practice. Yeah. Practice with anonymity. You know, yeah. you ask you there. You ask anybody that goes to, you know, a budget chain or anything like that. Yeah. Have you ever had a bad haircut from there? And of course, they'll. You know, most people here and there will say, "Well, fresh, blah blah blah." You know that kind of thing. But yeah. you ask them who did the bad haircut, and ninety nine point five percent of those people would be like, "I don't know, some dude, some lady, blah blah blah." Right. So you know everybody is going to make mistakes. Everybody is going to mess quote unquote mess up coming out of school. That's, that's, that's the thing about being a novice. You know what I mean? You're, you are learning. And that's the thing about this career is that it is a continual cycle of continuous education and learning, you know, that kind of thing. And so I worked for them for about four years. Then I took another swipe at the, you know, renting a chair and that sort of thing. Much more successful that <laughs> you know.
2: That's awesome,
1: yeah. Much more successful, Um, you know, learning how to, you know, have the discipline to get up and go to work, having the, you know, all of that. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as a 19-year-old, you have a, a whole lot of one thing and not a lot of other things. <laughs> you have a whole lot of ambition as to what you would like to see the world as. And typically not a lick of sense, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. I and were you
1: going to Oklahoma this whole time? Yes. yes. Okay. I lived I lived in Louisville, Kentucky for a year oh. during that corporate hair situation. Okay. okay. Um I learned a lot while I lived in Louisville. I mean, I learned a lot about me. I um I met a gentleman while I was there that, you know, really um helped shape who I became as a hairdresser down the road. Oh, um funny. he was a he was a barber. He was a very successful barber in the Louisville area. Mm-hmm. Um and he was also kind of a renegade type dude. He was an old hippie man. He went to work. He he went to work every day and overalls and flip flops.
2: Oh um, my gosh, I
1: love it. <laughs> and he did some of you know Louisville's higher society people and and he he taught me a lot about barbering he taught me a lot about hairdressing some of the i mean one of the things he told me i tell people all the time um he, he he said at one point um as a matter of fact if you are in the hair industry and you know who this person is who i'm speaking of currently is Russell Mays, if you know who he is. It's his father. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Willie Mays was a very well-known barber in the Louisville area. Russell Mays was his son. And um, Willie always said, if the cut's not good, a blow dryer won't save
2: you.
0: Mmm.
1: I love that. (laughs) And Like, I really, that's, that literally led to what, you know, one of the things that really led to where I am today. And Mm. that is, you know, being the, you know, creative design ambassador for, for Q, you know what I mean? Um, I really dove deep into design and hair cutting, and making sure that before you ever picked up a hairdryer, that the, the cut itself was up, was spot on. You know, so education to me seemed like the next logical place to attempt to elevate myself, you know, that sort of thing. And my DSC was very insistent. He was like, you don't want to do it just yet. Mm. He was like, don't want to, he was like this particular brand is inundated with educators and that sort of thing. And he and I both understood that for me, I didn't want to just have educator as a as a placeholder, right?
2: Yes, yeah.
1: I wanted I wanted the experience, Mm -hmm. and um, moving forward from that, that brand went on to be purchased by a larger conglomerate. You know that sort of thing, right? And it was during a time when that was happening a lot. Mm. During you know it was during the early 2000s yeah. when this when this large piece over here was gobbling up a lot of other pieces along the way yeah. Yeah. and um i i i threw a fit i had a, a very unglamorous meltdown <laughs> when he came in and said that you know well you know, this is, you know, being sold and, yeah. you know, we only we only work with independently owned brands and small brands and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I just had a very, you know, 30 something come apart, you know. Wow. And he was like, wait, 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 you know, um, yeah. try this. And he handed me a few tubes of cumin color and
2: was awesome.
1: I was like, well, Okay, so I use it for a couple of days. Use it on my mom, you know that kind of thing. Use on my girlfriend, (laughs) and uh, you know all the usual suspects when it comes to guinea pigs, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he comes back, and I was like, you know, just sign me up. Nice. You know, take take the whole thing. I I want to do, and I ended up being the first person in this market to do a complete buyout when Kuhn came on the scene. So that was in October of that year. The January, the following January, he comes to me again. And he's like, what do you see yourself doing? I can't remember. I think it's 2007. He was like, what do you see yourself doing this year? I was like, bro, it's January. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still recovering from Christmas. I was just going to say, you're
0: still, like, coming off of the holidays.
1: (laughs) Right. And I was like, I hadn't really had a lot of time to think about it. And he was like, he was like, I think now's the time to make a move. I think this is the brand to make a move with. He explained to me why. And he was like, I really think you can, you know, have an impact, get the experience you're looking for, you know, that sort of thing. And so I went and, you know, got certified. I did eight years the field before I um, did my first like developed my first program
0: Okay, that is amazing.
1: And, and once I developed my first program it seemed like like everything it was like an eight-year ride to the top of the first roller coaster hill you know what I mean
2: yeah I and
1: and once you once once I got over the top of that, it was it has been a wild ride since then. Aww. Um and just doing things I was, you know, in the beginning not incredibly confident in getting to be a part of things and I'm like, mm, why what am I you know?
2: Yeah.
1: I think we all suffer from this period periodically, but you know, the why am I here? Yeah. Here, question like you're in a room full of people that you're like these are for real folks you know what i mean these yeah. people have um covers they have awards they have you know this sort of thing and you're just you're in the room with them doing hair you know first it was new york fashion week and then it you know it goes from there to you know weed
2: that's awesome I'm, I'm
1: on a team that is sponsored by, by Kim that we were you know, finalists at this year's Southeast Hairdressing Awards. So we didn't win, but we were still finalists. And I think, you know, the, when they were talking about it at the beginning, we were sitting in the audience and the lady was like, to everyone that's a finalist, <laughs> just remember that of the entrance that we got, you were in the top 20% with the brand I'm predominantly focused on design and finishing.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah. so I co-lead the design team. Um, I co-author our, um, field programs that involve design. Um, that sort of thing
2: okay. behind the
1: chair. I, I cut and color and finish hair. Yes. Yeah. I
0: love it.
2: Right.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so, I mean, when I was behind the chair, I loved cutting hair because that was my favorite. Like, I really stayed in a box with color. I wasn't like this, let's do all the
1: things. Be wild with it?
0: No, no. And I love watching other people get creative and wild with it. I mean, I think it's just incredible. But cutting to me was so satisfying. Like, mm. the way hair moves and, like, you know, actually... Helping somebody with a calic that they've had for their whole entire life, like literally like that's, that lit me up. (laughs) Like that was my thing. I was like, oh, I know how to do that.
1: (laughs) Helping them overcome that struggle.
0: Yeah. It just was like this thing that really clicked for me and so satisfying. So I love, I love that. I love to see hair move in, in ways that they never thought it could. So, as awesome.
1: absolutely same here.
0: Yeah. So, um, so tell me, like, what are your? We've been talking a lot about, like I said, mindset and things like that, and right. how you come to work and get prepared to come to work. And I think that that's the biggest thing, right? So, like, when I'm walking in the door, I'm my cup is filled. I'm ready to go. I can take right. all these things, and I know tomorrow I'm gonna, you know, re- be able to do the same thing. Right. So what do you do for yourself on a daily basis?
1: So, I, again, this was something that I gave a lot of thought to this morning. And, and we'll start with answering your question directly. What do I do? Um, I usually get up about I usually get up about two and a half hours before I have to be at work. Yep. Alright? Because I need I need time to get ready and and by getting ready does not mean just getting a shower getting your hair done getting your clothes on and eating breakfast that to me that's um that is getting ready and maybe I should use the word I need to be able to have time to get prepared for the day right so you need three days a week uh you know I hit the rowing machine upstairs. Um, oh, I ha- I get up and I have about 20 or 30 minutes that I just sit and drink coffee.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, and in a very dimly lit living room. Um, <laughs> I'm always accused by the woman that's gracious enough to live with me. Like, why are you sitting in the dark? I'm like, well. I mean, because I like, it's, it's soothing to me. Um, so I sit and I usually, you know, go through the news like, like an old man would. Um, but I think a lot of times I sit and have that time to just reflect
2: yeah, and,
1: and think about what the day is about, what yesterday might've been about, you know, that sort of thing. And then I'll get up. Get, you know, do my exercising, get in the shower, eat my breakfast, do my hair, um, get my lunch ready to take to work and then head to work. Yep. Um Now, with all that said, <laughs> my and that's that's whether I'm getting ready to go to the salon, whether I'm on the road, getting prepared for a program. If I have to be at the academy at 730 yeah. in, in Buckhead, Atlanta, I am up at five. Even though I don't have a rowing machine, I can't I I can't muster the the wherewithal to go downstairs and use the hotel's gym or anything like that. I just I just need that time to get myself in the proper headspace to get moving. Yeah. So with all that said, my partner in crime, uh Gareth Palmer, he literally blows out of bed 40 <laughs> minutes before he has to be where he has to be, and comes in, has ate breakfast, has took a shower, has fixed his hair, is in a suit, and ready to roll. So now, Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is, is that we have a, a saying amongst us, and that is, everyone has a process. Yeah. All right? Whatever that process is, is what it is. Mm-hmm. He is no less successful than I. We just have very different ways of doing a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so it's it's the process. And I think that, you know, it's kind of funny the way society views things a lot of times, because you know, you've heard the old saying, you know, accident or, um success doesn't happen accidentally. It happens because mm-hmm. you plan to, right? Mm-hmm. So planning to be successful means that you have an idea. You have a plan. So plans become routines.
2: Right.
1: Right. But mm-hmm. routines can be viewed as methodical. And methodical can be viewed as boring. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's. It's kind of a, it's kind of the dichotomy of the social point of view of, you know, planning to be successful, and being a boring old fogey. You
0: know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, and that's that's what I keep saying. I feel like you know every everybody's routine or, you know how whatever you want to call it. However you get prepared is going to look different. It's going to look different. Right.
1: I think it I think it would I think it behooves everyone. And this, you know, I think that I think sometimes just as humans we get away from this and that is you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Um,
0: Hi, I am just checking in. How are you doing? Are you enjoying this? Oh my goodness. I had so much fun. Isn't he hilarious? He's so funny. He was so entertaining. Um, You just can really relate. So it was, it just was awesome. There's so much more left to this podcast. And I hope that you're really seeing that value that I was talking about in the beginning. Keep listening and enjoy.
1: I think it's very important to um, to acknowledge what your process is. Like I said earlier, to be honest with yourself, with what you need.
0: Right. I love that you, know,
1: you put it that way.
0: You it's, know, because I mean,
1: everybody yeah. needs everybody needs something. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that it's it's really. it would, it behooves everyone to be honest with that, you know, with, with yourself. And, and when you start becoming honest with yourself, there's a whole lot of other things that happen too. You know, you, you, you actually do take the time to reflect. You do take Mm -hmm. the time to, you know, acknowledge things that were good, you know, Mm -hmm. or your successes were, and you take the time to ponder your opportunities you know like what would i do different next time you know i think the important thing there is to not not let the successes become overshadowed by the opportunities
2: Mm. you know yeah while at the
1: same time you can't ignore the opportunities in favor of just the successes yeah no i love
0: that and i love um that you said, you know, you kind of focus on what you need and it also kind of shines a light on everything else. I think that also really puts in perspective the boundaries for yourself. Like you kind Ooh. of establish what you're going to allow to come into your life and not allow to come into your life. I think that's huge and I I know that that takes time as you get older. Oh, absolutely. that's me. That's absolutely. totally me. I'm, you know, to, totally in that space right now because I feel I, my girls are eight and nine and I'm finally like, all right, so now what? They're like off doing their own thing and <laughs> nobody right. needs So it's, it's just, I think you reevaluate your preparing yourself, your routine, your whole thing almost, I don't know, every day, you know, every week it's just kind of always evolving.
1: Right. I 100% agree with that. Um, you know, it and the boundaries part of it is so so important.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: I can't. I mean, I I really love that a lot of the younger hairdressers are really embracing that that particular mindset because you know coming from the coming from the age of hairdressing that I come from. I mean, it was, you, you could not put in enough hours and how dare you for not taking that last client. Mm -hmm. And every time you didn't take a last client, that was going to be the, the beginning of the end of your career, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that really, you know, and we talk about, you know, elevating ourselves in inside the career and, and then in turn elevating the career itself and the perspective of the career, you know? Um, I think that getting, being able to have a generation of hairdressers that are coming up that refuse to be viewed as servants. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They really, I I watch and follow a lot of young hairdressers and by young hairdressers, I mean, you know, in their early Mm twenties and, you know, across all states, across all, you know, genders and identities and all of this. And one of the things that I find is that somewhere between 23, 21 and 30 or 20 and 30, that group of folks is like, no yeah this yeah. is when I come to work. This is when I'm available to talk about work, mm-hmm. and these are the hours that I am working. And um I think that's very important um, because at the end of the day, we don't think about this even though our career is continually dominated by this, at the end of the day, time. Is the most important factor.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I I was when preparing for our talk today, I, I I did a lot of thinking about that, and if I told if if from the time you were born, you were told that you have an an inexhaustible source of income. Right, mm-hmm. it will never run out, but at some point, it will be cut off.
2: Mm.
1: We don't know when everybody's cut off date is different, but the money will never run out. It will just end. Mm. Would you or would you not continually spend money like you had? Right? You would just be out in the world like free as a beer. You wouldn't have rent to worry about. You wouldn't have all of that to worry about. So you would just be living literally, quote unquote, your best life. Right? Right. Right. That's time.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Mm -hmm. Time never runs out, it just stops. Yeah. And I think to be able to spend that time, wisely and you know sometimes luxuriously sometimes uh not um but always having taking the time Mm -hmm. because if you don't time is a weird thing it's always there but if you don't take it you'll never have it
0: I feel like I mean I remember wishing time away because when I was behind the chair I put everything into it like, I mean, right. everything I wanted to just like educate. I w- was a Redken artist and as an educator for our company. And it was like literally the time of my life. I loved it. Right. Um, when I had my girls, I went through a crazy time in my mm-hmm. life where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who I am. Like, who am I? And went through a lot of depression and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I like to talk about it because... That's that's the 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 business that we're in. Like again, like if we're we are here to give the client experience and the whole thing and Absolutely. you know all of this. And if you're not okay to do that, there's no way you can possibly be successful. Unfortunately, <laughs> like you know, right. you're, 100%. You're, going to debil- you're going to like kind of sabotage yourself. And so, I mean, I remember being behind the chair thinking like, I, I literally cannot do this anymore. I cannot listen to what this person is saying anymore. And, (laughs) and I, I mean, everyone on here can totally relate to that. We've all had moments. We've all had those moments, but this moment was like, Ooh, like, you know, that you're not doing a good job right now. So, um, so that was the, the time that I was like, okay, I need to explore what my other options are. You like, know, What am I going to do next in my career in the beauty industry is, this is everything to me. So for me to, for me to think about walking away was like, no, I can't do that. Um, and I've been with my company for 17 years. And luckily I was able to transition into what I do now, recruiting and to being able to do this podcast and, you know, like coaching to people that go through things like I went through, or, you know, for you to say about time, time is, is huge and you only get one life. Um, And like, that's huge for me. Like you really only get this one life. And if you put that in perspective, at the end of the day, when you look back, you want to make sure it's worth it
1: because i think you said it really really well you know you have all these opportunities to to be in the hair industry what mm-hmm. you want to be right
2: mm-hmm.
1: by that same token we can't talk about what you want to do without having to talk about what you have to do
2: yeah
1: you know mm-hmm. and i think i think sometimes that gets lost yeah you know yeah. i'm currently I have nine weeks from the time that I saw you guys in Philly. All right. Yeah. I had one more trip to take for the year. And then I had nine weeks before my next trip out. Right. Yeah. And I have a show in California in March and I'm sure there's going to be things in between there. Right. So I have nine weeks where I have nothing to do.
2: Hmm.
1: And I could easily do nothing. Yeah. You know, if there's anything I love to do, it's to do nothing. (laughs) And I think I think most people are that way, right? That's okay. That's okay. one One of my goals is always to if you if we must live life, and that's that's kind of what we should be doing. We should be living life, not just going through it. So if we must live life. One of my goals always is to live it the easiest way possible.
2: Yeah.
1: And working on tomorrow's project the day before it's due is not, in my opinion, the way to live an easy life.
2: No.
1: Right? No. Yes. So, you know, for, you know, Academy programs, we have you know, we ha- will have our advanced Academy calendar being published soon. Um, I have a show in March. I have national training in January. And I have those nine weeks, you know, during the holiday season in between all that. So I've begun to work on benchmarks for Academy programs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm kind of starting to work on concepts for my part of the show.
2: Yeah. And,
1: you know, those are the things that when you see me at the Academy or you see an artist at, on a live, or you see an artist on stage at a show or whatever, um, those are all the things you don't see, you know, is, is, is what, what is going on up to that point. So, as hairdressers that, that work and, and have chosen the hair field as a career behind the chair, solely behind the chair, um, there's still prep work that goes with that as well. You know, continuing education. Um, you know, I get up in the morning. Sometimes I'm thinking about it at night before I go to bed. Like, what's the best approach for client or guest A today? What's going to be the, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that, you know, going through that process, um, having a process to go through first and foremost, but for me, going through that process helps make getting there and doing the thing so much easier. Yeah. Um, Because one of the things that is on your list, and we can kind of bounce back and forth, is the idea of success.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what is the idea of success? And I saw this the other day so I'm going to steal from this. Um let's start for me let's start out talking about what success isn't. Yeah. Okay, I love right? that. Yeah. Not failure. Not failure. We're not we're not talking about failure, just what success isn't to me. Right. Success isn't Getting up early in the morning, furiously working all day to go home and quickly eat dinner, go to bed, wash, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. Take three weeks a year where you jam all the possible kind of side activities you want when you're both bookended on those weeks by the worry of what you have to get done and what you're coming back to have to face.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. To me, that to me that isn't necessarily what I would view as success. Um, and for some people it is and, and hats off to them. And, you know, that's their version of success. And that's totally cool. That's just not mine.
2: Right. Which I love
1: one, that. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I view as a part of success is having the time to experience the things I want to experience.
2: Mm.
1: Now, is that getting ready for a show? Is that getting ready for the year? Is that getting ready for next month? This month? Is that getting ready for three months down the road? Now, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that that is a yes, because that makes living life between A and B so much easier. Yep. Yeah. Then having B hanging over the head of the entire time that you're going through A, and you're constantly worried about B. You know, you're always worried about, you know, I got to get this done. 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 When in all actuality, if you would just take a little time to do it, and I'm not perfect at it. I mean, I'm not speaking from the point of, you know, or the perspective of, you know, a time management samurai, that's not at all what I'm talking about, (laughs) because I have my own, you know, things to work on, and that sort of thing, but, and I only came to this about three or four years ago, where I was, because I was, like, boom, it's two weeks before this is due, I have to get it done, and it, it, it was really start, it had become, I was like, this is a, this is not how I want to do things, right, yeah, and, um, and that being said each year when we do our corporate evaluations right yeah. each year that is a goal for the next year is to be is to still be better at working through things at a pace versus working through things in a confined space right and I honestly have to say that each year, I think I've gotten a little better and a little better and a little better mm-hmm. at that. Um, so, and to, to speak to that this year, I'm, you know, working through things early, starting to get an idea of what I want to present early. That way, when it comes time to get through and get down to business, right. I, I already have everything in my head as the way I want it, or I have it set up how I want it
0: yeah absolutely yeah you're creating habits for yourself and exactly good habits yeah exactly I love it what has happened
1: no matter who has stepped on your toe or you have stubbed your own toe or you have you know sliced your finger open in the middle of the last program of the year in the middle of the first day um we are lucky to get to do this job Yeah. yeah and I think that when it comes to hairdressing in general, mm-hmm. we can say that. Absolutely. It's the best I mean best. we're not behind a desk. We're not in a building somewhere, you know, stuck in middle management, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or just a cog in the wheel. We definitely we 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 have more of a say about our own destiny than I think we realize.
2: Absolutely.
1: And if, you know, we talk about in your outline, we talk about legacy. You know, mm-hmm. I I will be forthcoming and transparent. There are a whole lot of hairdressers out there way more creative than my, myself. There's a lot more talent out there than me. But one of the things I hope to leave behind is the understanding that that this is possibly always used to joke and make fun like the only other job that would be easier than this would be illegal. <laughs> this is the this is this is the most money you can make and, and to have the most yeah. fun doing it, that's legal. <laughs> that's so true. The next level
2: no. is stealing.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. So um so <laughs> that that helping people understand that the career you've chosen is, is, is an awesome one, which is why I agreed to come on this in the first place. You know, uh, Jackie told me that, you know, that what your mission is and what you're trying to do. And I was like, you know, that, that I can get behind. I'll for sure, you know.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Look
1: forward to her reaching out and talking with me about it because Hairdress, you know, I tell hairdressers this all the time when we're talking about hair cutting or especially back in the day when I talked about hair color, when I did hair color education. Um, Hairdressing is easy. You are complicated. (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) I I always joke.
0: Like everywhere. I
1: always always joke with hairdressers because they'll always be like, okay. Okay i and I and always poke fun at it and say and say this we are literally the flagship for complicating a cup of coffee huh. because every every hairdresser everywhere has to always talk about Starbucks has to talk about bringing me Starbucks has to talk about a love when people bring me Starbucks That's and true. Starbucks is literally the industry standard for complicating a cup of coffee. It's
2: <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this.
1: So yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's you know, when you talk about legacy and that sort of thing, that's that's what I yeah. would want to leave behind is for people to understand that even though it can get it can get complicated and days can get long and weeks can get longer and months, you know, that sort of thing. It truly is the best job in the world. Yeah, you
2: know, I. I
1: can't I, I kind of I came into this business as a dock hand. I was loading trucks for a living. Wow. <laughs> oh and my gosh. So, um. So, not tooting my own horn at all. I know what work is. Yeah, exactly. And I know what crappy work is.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Yes, you do. And and not and not to take anything from my doc hand brother and out in the world, but I would surely, I would be sure to bet that they would all say it's hard work, and it's not awesome jobs. You know, they may get paid well, they may make great money, they may make good benefits, that sort of thing. Right. But at the end of the day, they're not going to say that you know it's an awesome job. Right. Uh, So that being said, moving into the hair industry, I was just I. It's 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 literally one of the easiest things that we can do, Mm. and we have such a huge impact, and we have we can make such you know great amounts of dollars. You know, it's just getting people over the stigma that. You did it because you had to,
2: right? Yeah. You know,
1: I've been with Kuhn for fourteen years. I've been a hairdresser for thirty-two years. Um, my I met my I met my partner Jennifer in Kansas City, Missouri, seven years, almost seven years ago. Aww. she moved to Oklahoma City almost six years ago. And we were going to, we were moving into a condo, right? And I was showing pictures of the condo to my mom. It was, you know, really a super nice place and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, wood floors and just, you know, fun, nice stuff, right? Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, that's great. You know, this and that. So a couple of weeks later, my sister comes to me and she was like, you to hear a funny story. I'm like, sure, absolutely. She was like, mom was showing uh, me the, you know, the the pictures of your condo and that sort of thing and she asked and I you know, I was very transparent about it. She knew how much rent was, you know, that sort of thing, how much I was paying. Yeah. And, and she uh my sister was like and she asked me, she asked me the strangest question. And I was like, "Well, what's that?" She was like she asked if if you guys are going to be okay. <laughs> and she was like, like, are they going to make it? I don't know. You know, blah, blah, blah. My mom was yeah. like, I don't know. Are they, I mean, do you think that he can afford that? Right. And my sister laughed and she was like, <laughs> she was like, you do understand. My sister has a nice corporate job, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, quote unquote, respectable job. Um, And my sister was like, "You do understand that your son has way more disposable income than I did."
2: Oh, I love
1: that. <laughs> and she was like, "So, and this is this is you know this is my mom. She has
2: yeah watched
1: me come along in the hair business. She's yeah. watched me you know work with Cune and do the things that I've done. Yeah. And in her mind, I'm I'm still destitute. So mm-hmm. I think you know I think." helping people overcome that yeah. idea that that you can't make a great living you know my yeah. uh, Jennifer's mother was very resistant to her being a hairdresser you know yeah. she went to college to be a counselor all right mm-hmm. and social work that sort of thing yeah. and then when she decided to go to hairdressing you know to cosmetology school her mom was like well, you can't make any money doing that
0: i know i feel like everyone said that
1: (laughs) i think there's not one message that hits the same for every single person i think you know one of the things i would leave everybody with is 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 this um i was listening to uh one of simon sinek's books um
2: oh yeah i think
1: i think it was the infinite game Mm. which was the last book he wrote right yeah and um, being from being a child and a product of the '80s that I that I am, mm. um, he talked about um, a, a a guitarist and band leader by the name of Dave Mustaine.
2: Mm.
1: Dave Mustaine uh, was originally the lead guitarist for Metallica back in okay. the day. All right, when they very first started. But, you know, drugs and alcohol being what they are, they, you know, parted ways with Dave and there was a very bitter breakup and that sort of thing. And his, you know, in an interview, his he said that his only goal in life at that point was to be more successful than them.
2: Mm.
1: All right. Now, here's the irony of that.
2: Mm.
1: In the same interview they asked him if he was successful
2: hmm.
1: and he was like well i mean not really but i guess and they're like you know you you have you're the leader of one of the one of the most prominent heavy metal bands you're yeah. celebrated as a guitarist you've been on countless covers you've won awards You've been nominated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all of this. Mm -hmm. And literally still clinging to this idea and whatnot, because he hadn't sold as many records as Metallica, he Mm -hmm. still did not consider himself to be a success.
2: Um, mm Wow. So
1: what I will say is this, you, and this goes back to success and what success isn't. Right. Don't ever measure your level of success based on someone else's. No. You know, look at, you'll always look at your accomplishments. And some days, even if that's just coming to work.
2: Right.
1: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some days it's, some days it's just that. It's not glamorous. It's not pretty. Right. Some days it's just coming to work. Yeah. And yeah. I'm here, and I'm going to do the damn thing. Yeah. And that's that's what it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, but don't ever, you know, set yourself up against someone else and try to measure how successful you are based on how successful they are. Right. Yeah. You know, um, because I think we're all guilty of that at various intervals in our life. And yeah. um, not all of us are always in a place where we can remind ourselves not to do that.
0: And so what did I tell you? So much value, so many good, spicy, juicy, amazing things that you can get out of all of this that you can really just grab onto because you can totally relate to it, right? I loved it. I loved every second of it and I hope that you guys did too. I really encourage you to go and give him a follow because he is coming out with some really awesome things in 2023. It's going to be really great. Also, I linked his Facebook, I linked his Instagram, and I also linked Kuhn in our notes on the episode. So definitely check all of those out. Keep staying connected and have a fantastic day.